Welcome to Coach House Talks. God's values for Christian homes. Yesterday, I was at the National Memorial Arboretum uh, in Staffordshire. And I saw families there reading names of their sons who were lost in Afghan. And I knew a lot of these names. I'd met them, I'd met families. And it was their repatriations when they, kept, when they brought them back from Afghan, attended the funerals, met the families in the services, took part in the services. And I looked at them and I thought, great value in the family. They were leaning on one another, supporting one another. And it's so important the family. Not ex always excited me at church on a Sunday morning is the sight of families of all ages, all abilities, worshipping God. I know that many of them see church as an extension of the home and the home as an extension of the church. Now we can be living alone, but have the same uh, intent of Joshua. Many of them see the church as an extension of the home. Sorry, wrong line. Whoever comes into my home will be welcomed into a Christ-centered setting. Two of our young people, early 1960s, knocked on the door in Heaton Norris. And this lady, who never answered the door to anyone for ages, opened the door, and she didn't know why. And she invited them in, and she was an old brethren lady, and she was blind. She must have been in her 80s. And they went in, talked to her, and prayed with her, and she came to church. And she used to stand up in the communion service and sing. Mrs. Miller, her name was, no relation to Ron. What a lovely lady. But there's a family of one. Still in touch, in harmony, in closeness with God. God began human existence with a marriage and a family. The first community that God established was a family and a home. He had a relationship with man in the context of the family before the setting of the church. The Israelites didn't have a formal place of worship until the tabernacle of Moses. Previous to this, the place of worship was the home. And all worship was directed and led by the head of the home the husband and father. I'm going to read from Deuteronomy uh, chapter 6. I'll read it from the wall because I might have a diff slightly different version here than you. There it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. 
You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And I know families here, we've got a few generations here, haven't we, Stan, Mary, you know, few generations going on with God. A blessing. Now, these verses that we've read here, plus other verses, are uh, used by the Jewish people. And uh, every day, they're recited in daily prayer. So important to them. And so should the scriptures be to God. Now, a big question. You don't have to answer it. Have we possibly replaced the home with the church? Is much of the family spirituality exercised in church? Prayer in church, teaching in church, and not in the home. Today, many mothers, due to circumstances, take over this role very successfully. I've seen so many examples in our church of just that. I can give you many examples of homes I've visited, and they were in rags and tatters. It's when I did voluntary prison work terrible. How much better that we in our homes accept responsibility for godly leadership, family worship, and spiritual discipleship. If we are new in the faith, I'm sure the church leadership would give guidance on these matters. How do we experience God's blessing in our home? What can we do to reinstate God's pattern for the home? Well, we make a conscious decision to do it. Nothing happens without a conscious decision and a determination. Joshua says this in chapter 24. When you went over the Jordan and came to Jericho, and the men of Jericho fought against you, also, yes, as I said earlier, lots of ites there, but I delivered them into your hand. I sent the hornet before you, which drove them out from before you. Also the two kings of the Amorites, but not with your sword or with your bow. I have given you a land which you did not labor and cities which you did not build and you dwell in them. You eat of the vineyards and olive groves which you did not plant. Now therefore, fear the Lord, Serve him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. 
You've made that decision a long time ago, many of you here, and you've been faithful to that. And that's a wonderful thing. Because when you were faithful to your children, they were faithful to their children and their children. And so it goes on like that. And the generations are still going on with the Lord. And that's wonderful, isn't it? Joshua made a choice for his own. His choice was for his household to serve one God only, to worship one God only. A choice against idolatry and a choice for faithfulness. Regardless of the choices of others, Joshua's wife and children knew which way he would lead them. The challenge of Joshua's day are no less than those we live among, among today. We have to choose to live according to God's design for us in our homes and our families. Many used to have a plaque in their home, and I'm sure many of have seen this in many homes. Christ is the head of this house. The unseen guest at every meal. The silent listener to every conversation. I'll tell you, it's, it's a challenge, isn't it? When, particularly when I said that, read that, the silent listener to every conversation. We need to guard the things we say and do. I really find it challenging. Now, Joshua, uh, Jacob also made a clear decision for the spiritual direction of his family in Genesis. Then Jacob said unto his household and to all who were with him, put away the strange gods that are among you and be clean and change your garments and let us arise and go to Bethel and I will make there an altar unto God who answered me in the day of distress and was with me in the way which I went. And they gave unto Jacob all the strange gods which were in their hand and all their earrings. You can keep them on, girls. Different earrings, different meaning. Which were in their ears. And Jacob hid them under the oak which was by Shechem. And they journeyed and the terror of God was upon the cities that were round them. And they did not pursue after the sons of Jacob. What a challenge. Is my home his home? Well, we might respond, well, it certainly is. I'm a Christian. But it does involve more than that. It's a deliberate choice, isn't it? And it's a time, I think, as Jacob found, it's a time for clearing out. We clear a lot of things and bring it down to the charity shop. We're always finding ornaments and things like that. But these ornaments they had meant other things. They were a distraction from God, from his word, from the lifestyle he wants us to live. And we often find things, see things, that we know that should not be there. And it's often the time that we search our hearts. And as what David read, creating me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. And that really is the prayer of Jacob's family. And so there was that clearing out process. There's a secular pressure on Christian homes today to compromise 
our highest spiritual values. Tone them down a bit. Tone them down a bit, they say. I wonder if we behave at home as we do at church. And when we get home, we kick our shoes off, throw our church coat off, and return to what we were anyway. We're surrounded daily with opportunities to offer greater worth or worship to other things and people more than to God. Life is a challenge. Now, many had the influence of parents who sought to make Jesus the center of the home. They taught and modeled an authentic relationship with God, whatever the happy or difficult situations they faced as a family. And families are facing this now. Let me tell you one little family I met. I, I, I had a number of prisoners allocated to me, volunteered at the probation office. And I'd go on a Wednesday night. And I met one young lad. He said, uh, I don't think the girlfriend's behaving at home. I said, I'll tell you what, I'll go down and see how things are at the house. So I went to the house. And she sat there with another girl on a chair. There's a little kiddie running around, about two years old, with just a vest on, nothing else. This is the middle of the day. She sat on the settee, she's having a woodbine or something. And the little kid comes and pees on the carpet. So she did no more than that. Rubs it in with the foot and carries on talking to me. And I looked at this home. It was dreadful, absolutely dreadful. So I had to go back to the prison and say to him, she is behaving. I couldn't see how anyone could misbehave there. But so sad. What about that child? We used to bring a young, I'm digressing a bit, but never mind. A young mother, her mother put her, you could take her down to the pub and uh, she used to send her off with different fellas. And she had a lovely little girl called Maria. And I brought them to church a few times. And I had Maria on my knee on the bus. And uh, I said to her, how often do you change your nappy? I said, what I do then, if she wets it, I just dry it and put it back on her. Right? Children are brought up in that sort of background. And we brought her to church for a good while. Where they are now, I don't know. And I could tell you of others. How important the family is with godly support, you know. So important. These things are going on. Now listen to Psalm 128. How joyful are those who fear the Lord, all who follow his ways. You will enjoy the fruit of your labor. How joyfully and prosperous you will be. Your wealth will be like a fruitful grapevine. I'm having a look round for a fruitful grapevine. Flourishing within your home. Your children will be like vigorous young olive trees as they sit around your table. This is the Lord's blessing for those who fear him. May the Lord continually bless you from Zion. May you see Jerusalem prosper as long as you live. May you live to enjoy your grandchildren. May Israel have peace. In this way, even a lone Christian in an unbelieving home can 
bring blessing. So welcome, welcome the Lord into your home. Let me read this to Samuel. And David was afraid of, his, of the Lord that day and said, how shall the Ark of the Covenant come to me? So David would not remove the Ark of the Lord unto him into the city of David. But David carried it aside into the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite. And the Ark of the Lord continued in the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite three months. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and his household for three months the most awesome symbol of God's presence was seated in the home. The box was the most sacred article in all of Israel's history. Box, not such a large box. But it was the focal point in the home. I'm certain beyond any doubt that this box changed the way they lived in that house. Every day for three months, they were aware that God was living with them, lodging in the lounge. When God's presence is welcomed and encouraged, a home is truly blessed. And we can say amen to that, can't we? We've experienced it. We've known good people. And I can, I've got a flood of faces going through now. In most of the homes, there's a box, which is the focal point. The furniture points towards it, and it's too, it's, often, it's too often our attention is too focused upon it. It has the power to shake our home life, form our children, influence our values, disturb our relationships, and control our diaries. And you can guess what the box is. Someone said in many Christian homes, the TV Times is read more than the Bible. I can't afford a copy. I just rely on program guide. The box at the centre of Obed-Edom's house brought blessing. It reminded them daily of God's presence and goodness to Israel, his faithfulness, his promises, his covenant, his power and his glory. Inside the ark were three items. Two stone tablets, the law given to Moses, speaks of God's word in our homes. Is it prominent? Is it read? Is it heard? A jar of manna from Israel's wilderness wanderings. God's provision in our homes. Trust him. He knows the answer. He knows the way. Aaron's budding staff. God's ordained leadership in our homes. Each of these, I believe, should be representing our homes, and when they are, we too, like old Bed-Eden, will be blessed. In his house, God was acknowledged, valued and treasured. Jacob, as we read early, earlier, valued the worship of God in his family. When it, he said, Jacob, I will build an altar to God. And what about good old Noah? We can't miss Noah out, can we, as a final character? By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark 
to save his family. Noah did all he could to save his family from the impending judgment on earth. He couldn't drag them into the ark, but he warned them and built their way of escape in his own. The salvation of our homes is paramount important. We cannot save our families, only God can. We can build in our homes what God has given us the design of, and that is a home that always points our family to the Lord Jesus as our Saviour and our Lord. Our children will make the choices, and we know that, don't we? But we must point them in the right direction. There is a way that seems right unto the man, man but the end thereof. One day, children will leave home. One day, they will set up home. But I pray that one day they will declare, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So where do we begin? Let me give you five E's. Now, five E's can be a fail. That's the sort of thing I would have had at school. Or five E's can be a pass. E, exalt God in your name. Example, Christ-likeness in your home. Encourage faithfulness in your home. Educate your children in God's ways in your home. Establish God's values in your home. Set a pattern, and then you'll get five E's and a pass. Amen. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram and at www.coachhousechurch.org.